Hi, everyone. Welcome to Merch Motel Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I have a really awesome guest today, um, but I am always so bad at introductions, so I wrote it down so I can properly introduce you. Um, today, I'm sitting down with my friend Isaac Jeffries, and he's an incredible photographer and artist. Uh, he has a passion for mid-century architecture, especially all of the wonderful resorts in the Catskills, and I've learned so much from him. And today, we're going to learn even more together with all you wonderful folks. Hello, everybody, and thank you, Barkev, for having me. I'm really, really excited to talk about the Catskills. I always am. I'm obsessed with the Catskills. But um, you're definitely just going to hear about me continuously rambling on about that for the next hour or so. So I'm going to let you get right into it. Okay, cool. Um, well, I feel like we're both the same where we just keep talking forever about things we're interested in. And I've learned so much um, about the Catskills through you. And I think that's that's how we even met, right? You contacted me, messaging me about the cat skills. And you're like, hey, do you know about all of this? Like, I feel like you would love the architecture and history here. And I was like, not really. Um, please tell me all about it. And here we are now. Um, so, okay, where should we start? Okay, actually, I have a question for you. Um, can you describe what the cat skills was in a few sentences for those people who don't know? Uh, I feel like that's a good way to start off this episode. So basically, the Catskills is kind of an umbrella term for more than just resorts. Um, it's a region in upstate New York uh, that spans uh, probably a little over 100 miles. I'd, I'd say more than that, um, because there's, you know, various regions, the upper Catskills, the middle Catskills, the lower Catskills. Um, but it's all comprised in this sort of upstate western portion of New York about an hour and a half away from the city. And people were originally drawn to it because of its natural beauty. Um, people nowadays still go because of its natural beauty. There's lakes, there's, you know, obviously mountains. It just seems, especially in the summertime when everything is green, like a slice of paradise almost. Uh, especially something that, you know, one wouldn't really associate with New York because a lot of people think of the city when they think of New York. Basically, especially in the 20th century, this region became a haven for various groups of marginalized people due to the fact that it was 19, you know, the 20th century at the time. They kind of turned it into this little slice of paradise, and it specifically became a haven for American Jews who ended up buying a lot of the land in the early 1900s, some as late as the 1800s or the late 1800s, and Originally, it was bought for farming, and a lot of the farmers that bought the land realized that the soil was no good and uh, tried to kind of capitalize on the fact that the region was indeed beautiful and would build these boarding houses on the properties of these farms, um, normally, you know, two or three bedrooms, and would charge people to stay there while they're working or, you know, because there were multiple industries going on in the Catskills at one time. It was never originally like a resort industry. Um, and then from there, it kind of grew into this metropolis almost um, of 500 hotels and 50,000 bungalows uh, that were summer destinations for families throughout the 20th century. And um, it peaked in the 1950s with over 500 of these hotels existing at one time. It was basically paradise. Any, you know, it, they call it a slice of Americana. They really tried to create the sort of quintessential American vacation experience 
through the entire idea of kind of, you know, almost like a paradise like experience, all contained within one property. So you would have an outdoor pool, an indoor pool, a theater with multiple orchestras, stars that would come up from like the stage, you know, Broadway, uh, film, uh, the music industry, comedy. There's a huge comedic legacy that I'll get into later uh, that's associated with the Catskills, but it was really this sort of all-inclusive, you know, food, uh, sports, winter sports, everything in one plus community. And yeah, it was, you know, I kind of, I can tend to trail off when I think about it, but it really was this sort of one of a kind atmosphere of paradise and just, you know, a vacation in the truest sense. I feel like you described it so well. And every time you talk about it to me, I really believe I learned something new each time. Um, There's so much history within the Catskills itself too. And you're the one who pretty much introduced me to the whole world of the Catskills, I would say. Um, You always send me photos of what's left there today, which we'll get into and all of that. And I didn't realize that it was originally meant for farming, like it was farming land and then it got converted into this like resort world in a way. And the fact that there were 500 resorts is like, wild that's awesome and that they were all beautiful mid-century prep Mm -hmm. right most of them were like mid-century um era architecture all that stuff oh so good if you look at old photos of it which we're going to be posting like all the wonderful old photos and stuff and we have so much to talk about we went through like all the archives of like the Catskills resorts and it's it's amazing and and I know you told me it's also like referred to as the Borscht Belt is that correct Yes. So um, the Borscht Belt refers to a specific, well, probably the most well-known uh, like grouping of resorts in the Catskills, which are the ones that I'm the most interested in for a variety of reasons. You know, this area was dominated by Jewish culture at one point in the 1950s specifically. Um, that was like when it peaked. And the Borscht Belt refers to, well, it's kind of a, another sort of umbrella term. Um, but it's also kind of like slang at this point, similar to like the Rust Belt or the Bible Belt, where it's like a cluster of things that are all related to each other, but, you know, kind of individual in their own sort of way. And it refers to this soup that they would serve at the resorts back in the early 1900s into the late 1900s. Um, that was just like, it was a popular Jewish dish. And it, it kind of, yeah, just kind of got that association with all the hotels. Would it be called the Borscht Belt when it was popular? Did that become a term afterwards? Yeah, so it became a term, I'd say probably in the 70s or the 80s. Um, It's normally used to describe it nowadays, just Mm -hmm. because it's kind of easier to cluster it all together into one phrase instead of having to kind of explain what the entire sort of 100 plus year history of this area has been but i don't i don't believe it was used back in the 40s or the 50s got it so um a lot of people ask me this question in terms of like my obsession with los angeles history and architecture so i feel like it's important for me to ask you this question um what got you interested in the cat skills overall and when did your obsession with all of this first begin you know now that i think back because i feel like my answer kind of fluctuates every time because there's so many things I'm interested in within the Catskills. Um, when I grew up, 
I lived next to my grandparents uh, upstate and they would always tell me stories about growing up in New York City and then moving upstate and, you know, driving in the 1950s aimlessly to, you know, a diner or checking out a hotel or, you know, just, you know, their sort of everyday experiences. And I had such a fascination with the 20th century. I remember they would show me all these films from that era and I would always look at the sets and I would look at the way that the people were presented on the camera. And, um, you know, beyond that, I have a really big interest in like architecture and history and, you know, how the two of those interact. And then, you know, uh, the arts themselves, like music, movies, like the dramatic arts, everything like that is just super interesting to me. So when it came to the Catskills, uh, I had not really ever heard about this resort region until I was 16 or 17. And I grew up in an area where there was a lot of, you know, kind of history being thrown at us from, you know, every angle. Um, FDR opened the post office in my town. His house was 15 minutes away from my house. Um, you know, there were all these Gilded Age mansions that I grew up going on field trips to, but they never really piqued my interest in the way that the Catskills did. And I remember I was just looking up online somewhere, other abandoned places in New York State, because I had kind of started photographing all these abandoned hospitals and, you know, abandoned mansions and stuff, um, because I, I, I loved being able to immerse myself in this sort of contemporary but super duper historical environment where there's no limitations either you can just kind of walk in and see for yourself firsthand what was once there instead of going to like a museum um even though i love museums but the catskill specifically i remember i saw a photograph of elizabeth taylor and eddie fisher when she was getting married at one of her i think it was like six or seven she i know she got married a lot of times um uh, but it, it was a wedding photo of her and him standing at this resort called Grossinger's with the owner of the resort, Jenny Grossinger. You know, I had heard about the Catskills and always seen them while I was driving with my parents when I was five, six, seven years old. And the first thing that would like come to my mind is that this area is so, I don't want to say desolate, but it's, it's definitely in the wilderness. It's not, you know, city sort of area. There's no like metropolis, big, you know, city center that one would associate the top of the top in entertainment and society and all that um, and culture and stuff with. And, and so something about that photo really piqued my interest. And I looked into the resort itself, Grossinger's, and I found out that it was the most notoriable, some would argue the most fabulous resort in the Catskills. And it, it had its own airport. It had a beautiful oh, crafted, no yeah, its own airport, yep. Fun fact, all the Woodstock performers in 1969 flew into that airport hmm. um, to perform at that festival. So it had its own airport, its own indoor pool that was gigantic, state-of-the-art, beautiful mid-century architecture, um, an Olympic-sized outdoor pool, multiple theaters, multiple lounges, uh, multiple like ballrooms. It just it had like this array of amazing facilities. And uh, it was, you know, perched high on a hill and just it seemed so interesting to me. And due to the fact that I was so interested in abandoned buildings, I remember venturing out to Grossinger's or the like ruins of Grossinger's with my friend Samantha, uh, whose father 
used to vacation in the Catskills. So there is that sort of connection there and her family stayed in the Catskills as well. And we just went to, I remember walking into Grossinger's and walking into that specifically the indoor pool that they had there. And even though it was in ruin, I just, I didn't feel the sort of sense of, you know, hopelessness or sadness that one would normally feel within a abandoned building. I felt almost this, I think the best way to describe it is fabulous. I'll probably be repeating that word over and over again, but it felt alive and, you know, you could tell that something was there and that this was, you know, I'm walking into like a former cultural renaissance and, uh, it all started with that one photo of like Elizabeth Taylor and Eddie Fisher getting married at that one hotel, because then from there I saw all these other photos, photos of Tony Bennett signing autographs at Grossinger's, um, all of these amazing comedy acts where the rooms were filled with 500 to 1,000 people enjoying themselves uh, at probably, you know, like 11 p.m. to what, like 3 a.m. the next day, photos of like the people that would eat at dining rooms, these hotels that you know, would host presidents. It was just like this absolutely insane, at least when it came to like popular culture, it was like the peak of that for me. And then, you know, beyond that, once I started looking at the actual architecture of the resorts, I became obsessed personally with the aesthetics that they kind of delivered every time because they had beautiful signs, amazing logos, some neon was thrown, you know, here and there on some resorts. So that was cool too. Um, you know that's so, gonna get me super excited. Oh, oh of course, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, you know what? What else? Just the most amazing colors that one could think of. The rooms themselves, as well as the theaters, were all themed after things. And I guess people would describe them as like kitschy nowadays, but I love kitschy stuff. So it would be like a safari-themed bar, or you know, like I don't really know what the name of it would be, but they would have like a a theater that would be like clad in like pink and gold curtains everywhere and you know the most opulent but also potentially tacky light fixtures that you would ever see and to me it was just it was it just like it, something clicked in my brain when I saw it and I've been ever since documenting everything that's left over because some of the resorts are abandoned now but others have been turned into camps in the summertime some have been turned into meditation centers um, and it's just been a really enthralling history that I can go into so many avenues talking about and researching. And yeah, I think it's just like a mixture of all of my interests into one. Yeah. Which I it's hard to like narrow down specifically what you love so much about it because there's so many layers to it. And I get it. Like you can talk about it forever. I'm the same way. Do you... Um, when was like the first time you actually visited the resort? Like, do you remember the year? Yeah, uh, 2017. Mm. I remember I was in high school and, um, you know, part of me wanted to get out of my hometown every weekend because I, regardless of where I am, regardless of how boring something may, or other people may describe it as, um, people would always describe like the area I grew up in as like super boring and how they wanted to get out of it and all this stuff. But I try to find like the beauty in every area that I go to. And I still had a feeling that because I'm in New York, there can't be, you know, too many boring things, even if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's New York. So, you know, yeah, I remember I went to this, that one resort at Grossinger's back in 2017 with my friend. Um, and it was like, it just sparked this interest that carried me through college 
and carried me through the rest of my high school years. And it was my first sort of taste of being able to firsthand experience like what like 1950s Americana was and all the things that came with that. And it was just amazing. I remember the moment I walked into the resort and something just changed. It literally changed. So what would you say is like your overall favorite aspect of the cat skills in general? It's like, honestly, like a, a really good, like cultural study that one could do because you can talk about the food. You can talk about the groups of people that went up there, um, the entertainment, which that I think that sort of aspect is my personal favorite. Um, but then the architecture and you know, the region itself, there's so many different facets of this that one could dive into. But for me, I think it really is, when I say like the aesthetics, I think I mean, you know, the way that these lobbies looked and the, the way that these theaters were designed and the people that came to these places because it is really hard for me still to grapple or tackle the idea that stars as big as Ella Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Taylor, like I said, Barbara Streisand, Tony Bennett, Judy Garland, these stars would all come and perform at these places and do like, you know, one to four day stints at these hotels. And beyond this, so they would perform this, you know, fabulous, amazing set of like 1950s music to a crowd of 500 to 3000 people, depending on how big the nightclub was. But then you have like the way that these spaces were presented themselves. And you had these just fabulous, colorful, almost like absurdly decorated spaces with molded ceilings that, you know, had like star shaped patterns in them, carpets that had like just the most ridiculous colors and the most ridiculous textures. Uh, like the newest quote unquote, like modern furniture. I see photos of these like lobbies and these theaters and stuff. And it's just like, they look like things that came out of dreams. They almost look like paintings because it is just so otherworldly to imagine something like that existing nowadays. And uh, yeah, I think just like, maybe that's it. Like the sort of dreamlike quality um, that comes with the places. Like they would always advertise them as being like you know your like gateway to the stars or like you know like a slice of heaven or a bit of california at your doorstep is what they would call one of these hotels you know i think that like ranges in what it could be about but i i think it's just that sort of aspect of it being a dream and it being like a dream realized i feel like that's such a great way to describe it because even when you send me like photos of the catskills resorts in its current state which we'll get into it does have that almost dreamy-like quality to it, even today when it's deteriorating because of like all those design aesthetics. And I always do talk about how like when you go somewhere that's abandoned, that used to be something so incredible and beautiful, it, it does feel like you're almost transporting to like a weird alternate time, um, yeah. which plays into that whole like dreamy factor of it. Uh, and the resorts were beautiful. Like uh, the logos we love the logos which we'll get into because we did something really fun with them the architecture the colors everything is just so wonderful about like all these resorts um and we have a bunch of photos we went through all these archives isaac has an incredible collection of like 
historical photographs of all these resorts, the interiors, exteriors, uh, like everything else. I mean, even like the typography and logos, the brochures, pamphlets, postcards, you have so much incredible um, files in your collection. And he sent me so many of those and I really want to show it to everyone. So we'll post those um, on Instagram. But speaking of sort of the remnants of the resorts, I want to like go into the decline of it and what's happened to the Catskills, um, to the Borscht Belt and what it's like today and how that all started. So I think it'd be awesome to like sort of explain that to everyone. Yes. So um, I guess basically I'll, I'll start from the peak. In the 1950s into the early 1960s, the Catskills was at like an all-time high. The, the county that all the hotels were primarily in was one of the top tourist destinations in the entire country. Um, and you would have hundreds of thousands of people driving up to this region in the summer, booking these resorts out, um, having the time of their lives, uh, getting dressed up in their finest clothing for, you know, orchestras and bands. And, you know, just it was a whole sort of family experience. The kids would have something to do. The teenagers would have their own social lounge. The adults would have the late shows. And it really thrived. And especially when they built this highway called the Quick Way that went into the region, they were able to build additions onto these hotels and, you know, do these multi-million dollar um, architectural plans that were designed by people that designed the same hotels as the thriving resorts in Miami that still exist now. And so it was really like a renaissance when it peaked. Um, and then in the same breath, I think, you know, a lot of people, there's, there was a lot of speculation at one point as to why this, or this region started to decline. Um, but I remember reading in this lovely book that I have called Catskill Culture by Phil Brown, um, that there were three A's that contributed to the decline of the Catskills. And they said, one A was air travel, the other one was assimilation and the other one was air conditioning. So it was, you know, partially the fact that because these were primarily Jewish resorts, as time goes on and family dynamics begin to change and anti-Semitism starts declining, uh, there's going to like obviously be this sort of shift in this idea that you know all these Jewish people don't need to vacation in one specific region. They're now able to go to other locations and that goes into air travel airfares were lower and cheaper so one kind of saw you know why don't we go to europe for the same price of what we would do when we go to the catskills um so that was kind of like a natural transition and then air conditioning surprisingly a lot of people would go up to these bungalows and these hotels because it would be even like five degrees cooler than new york city or new jersey or you know a suburb or something and that was a big drop people wanted to escape the grueling hot temperatures, you know, that would uh, kind of characterize the entire city for the summer and make it a not enjoyable experience. So beyond this, people would also take like two week to two month long vacations in the Catskills. This was never like a, let's go up for a weekend and, you know, just do whatever and then go back. It was a super immersive experience and people would shift their entire lives up to the region for a period of time. So in the 70s, I'd say this began to slowly decline and the resorts were still able to kind of keep up what they were doing, but there was definitely a shift 
in the age range of people that were going there, um, but also the like amount of people that were going there. Um, and then once the 80s kind of hit, it began to plummet a little bit more. So these resorts would kind of try to change themselves and rebrand themselves as, you know, like we're updating this, you know, lobby with this new this or that, or they would use the word new a lot um, and try to, you know, just modernize the most that they could. But at the end of the day, these were buildings that were originally built in the 40s and then added on in the 50s and 60s. And the facilities themselves were aging, but also like the concept of ballroom dancing every night to two bands and, you know, a, a comedy act or something um, in your finest clothing. And then, you know, a social lounge attached to it and a TV room and large dining room. You know, I know there's this one hotel called the Concord that had like seven or eight bars and social lounges within the uh within the facility and so these just weren't things that transitioned well into the 1980s and the 1990s when things were kind of shifting towards you know all-inclusive family resorts that just didn't it, it was a culture shift so yeah. by, by the 90s this really kind of started showing itself because you know these resorts were closing like one by one it was sort of like a domino effect and the first resort closed in the 1960s. So it was kind of like the slow decline until it was like, boom, boom, boom. Um, and then in 2014, there was only one remaining that was still opened and owned and operated by the original family called Kutcher's. And that kind of ran true to its core. It didn't really change its interior or anything. It felt like a 1950s experience when you walked in, but that didn't stick for 2014. And unfortunately that one closed. So it is like bittersweet and it is especially when you go there nowadays it can feel definitely a little bit desolate a little bit like melancholic it's kind of led to this really interesting like world nowadays where every sort of corner that you turn you see you know a piece of the past whether it be a stone wall or a falling apart bungalow colony building or even like a giant looming resort in the middle of a town because it says so much about the past that was there. And then beyond this, I almost kind of make it sound like the Catskills is completely deserted now, but it really, it really isn't. It's thriving in a different sort of way now. Um, a lot of these resorts were, didn't end up being abandoned, uh, were sold to Orthodox Jewish congregations. And so they're operated as camps in the summertime for the youth. And there's, I think, probably like three or 400 camps up there now that are operating on the grounds of these old hotels and these old bungalows. So you are still seeing this population of people coming up in droves in the summer, like 50,000 to 100,000 people coming up in the summer. Um, it's just a completely, you know, shifted culture. It really did go from like this idealized American dream sort of aesthetic to what well, a lot of things kind of shift to nowadays where it's just kind of like a mixture of different years you know interacting with each other you know buildings that are being renovated buildings that are really antiquated you can kind of apply this to like any sort of city like especially like los angeles or like las vegas where it's just like the past interacting with the present but to me it's really really interesting and it's more interesting to me than it is bittersweet because if one looks at it that way it just kind of closes so many doors and I don't like to see it that way. So it is really interesting because like so many of these resorts are like deteriorating now and um, the skeleton of them is there, like you were saying. And what you do now is you go and 
document sort of what's there today, all the details. Um, you're a photographer. Your work is incredible. Thank and you. you really capture these um, resorts in such a unique and specific way. There's so much like nostalgia. Going back to the word dreamy, like your photos really capture it. Like I feel like that's the best way to describe your photography because it has this almost like escapism, if that's a word, <laughs> to yeah. it. Uh, and like the colors, the composition of it all for people who don't know, Isaac goes out to these resorts. Like I said, takes out these incredible photographs. Um, and you can check them out on his Instagram handle, which is Isaac Jeffries. Every time you post a new photo, it's just insane. Like, and you, you do so much behind the scenes stuff that you don't really talk about, which I think is awesome. And I always tell you, you should post more and talk more about it. Um, because like, I don't think people realize like the setup it takes to take the photos you take. And like, it's not just like you're standing there and taking a photo. It's like, you have to consider everything and the building itself is deteriorating. So you have to be really careful with what you're doing and then um, all the editing with your photographs too. But uh, the way you capture them, like how did you even like turn it into what your work is now? I don't know how to really ask that, but your work is so unique to me personally. Um, and how did you go about to like making it what it is? Well, I'm just going to mention something that I didn't mention before. They used to say, and they still say it now, that the Catskills was Vegas before Vegas was Vegas, which I know I had to say it slow because it may not make that sense. That is interesting, yeah. But yeah, they used to call Catskills like the original Vegas. This area used to have casinos and they would have like gambling when it wouldn't necessarily be legal and there's just such a interacts with so many different legacies like there's like a whole like um mafia history that comes with the Catskills um and it's very like it's almost like when you're looking at the history it's like watching a movie I also I was thinking about this idea of like a legacy and how all of these stars the Catskills gave birth to a majority of the stars that influenced, you know, American pop culture in the 50s and the 60s, a lot of comedy acts, a lot of musical acts, they all got their start in the Catskills. And when I would go and like explore these abandoned resorts, I was continuously seeing decay everywhere. It was also at the time when I was kind of trying to find my voice within photography and like what I wanted to do with my photos. I was thinking about that idea of a legacy and thinking of the idea about how I'm growing up and I'm experiencing all of my own sort of like first time experiences while exploring these resorts. And I remember there was a really like low moment. uh, I think it was back like two years ago where I was just kind of fed up with going back to these places and seeing them and their contemporaries and being basically disappointed by the way that like the lighting looked and the way that, you know, time has not really been too kind to a lot of these spaces. And I was trying to imagine them the way that they used to look, but it just wasn't clicking. I kept studying all these postcards that I have, because if you look up, you know, like Catskills or Catskill Resort postcards um, on Google, it'll come up with these super heavily saturated, really idealized, beautiful, beautiful photographs um, of these buildings where, you know, the lighting is like so intentionally done and there's flash in them and the people are 
you know, they're dancing or they're sitting or they're posed in a certain sort of way. And the light fixtures are glowing with this gold in the corner. And I really wanted to bring that back into these photos. And I originally was like, well, what would it look like if I just added a light into an abandoned building and see how that changes the space entirely? Because when you walk into an abandoned building, you normally see the way it's lit naturally with all the lights off, all the power off. So it's already kind of lifeless. And I took that idea as well. And I was like, let's bring life back to these buildings. And so I would go in and I would set up these little lights that I had and, um, you know, set them up in rooms. I remember I originally went when it was just turning into dusk and the, uh, you know, around the building, you could see like the sunset and, I saw this golden light coming from, you know, the rooms from the outside of the hotel. And it was just like something that I had never seen before. I was like, wait a minute, you know, like people may not be occupying these resorts, but light signifies, you know, a human sort of presence and it can kind of take the place of humans as well, especially when you're looking at a room that's completely vacant. And from there, I, I, it just kind of like clicked. I was like, I'm going to try to do my best to breathe life back into these resorts essentially and go back to all of these spaces that I've been to repeatedly, add lights to them and see you know, what I can create. And because a lot of these places are abandoned and they haven't been cared for in 20 or 30 years, it's kind of like a free for all. Like I normally try to get permission anytime that I go and take a photograph because I don't really like to work, you know, super duper anxious because that's already kind of how I feel when I'm at an event building regardless. Um, but, you know, with that, there's just this sort of opportunity where I could kind of use these hundreds of hotels and, you know, bungalows and stuff as my studio essentially. And as I continued, especially in the past year, first I started with putting lights in rooms and taking photos from the outside, but then I was like, let's, go into, you know, the backstage area of a theater or go into, you know, like a specific hotel room or a lobby. I was like, let me see how I can kind of mimic the lighting that's in these postcards and bring it back to a lobby nowadays in its current state. Because it's also honestly cool to see how, you know, the decay interacts with something that's signifying that there is maintenance and there is life and there is, you know, something being cared for with this building. So there is that sort of push and pull. Um, and then I remember I saved until this past year, all of these gigantic theater spaces because I really wanted to sit and think on how I would really do them justice, especially nowadays, because I was thinking, you know, these are spaces that, yes, they're abandoned, but the people that performed in these spaces, that's where that whole aspect of the legacy comes in. These people got their starts on the stages and began these amazing careers. And you had just like, movies filmed in these spaces. These were spaces that need to be like honored and there is no, or as of right now, there's there's no like museum. There is a museum like that's like an effort right now that they're trying to kind of make happen. Um, but there is no sort of historical marker that says these were here. This is something worth looking back on and you know worth preserving. So I wanted to kind of honor that history at the same time and then bring my sort of creativity into it. And I with these theaters specifically would go in at like 9 p.m. and bring all of my lights. Um, sometimes it would be like two backpacking trips in my car 
And I would work with these lights and try to set up the most kind of enticing, flamboyant, you know, exciting. I think golden is like, that's like a common sort of color that comes in my photographs. But this sort of like hopeful, exciting lighting situation that would make it look like these theaters could be stepped on again and then use that night for a show. And I wanted to just kind of, yeah, like breathe life back into these places. And it's not, you know, the easiest. Sometimes it's just like I put a light in somewhere and it's whatever. But then others, it's like I need to really think on, you know, study the postcards, think about like what I want to see, study, you know, old album covers and the way that these places would be shot because they were all shot with film. And so I need to take that into consideration as well and just create something that really honors the past but then also kind of references the present too. And um, for me, it's been like partially like escapism because I do enjoy the aspect of going into these places from the fifties and immersing myself into a time period that I was never a part of, but I, I, you know, I'm drawn to it so much and you can really feel it in these places. Like I'm not really one to like believe in ghosts or whatever. I'm not that superstitious, but I can definitely feel like a sort of energy when I come into these spaces, which is cool. Um, but it's also been like therapeutic to many extents because I just, I focused my entire attention on creating this sort of five or six hour lighting setup for this photograph. And it just takes me into such a peaceful place where I can just focus on making art and focus on my love for the past. And yeah, and then I get to share it with people and that's like the best part too. And I think what's incredible with like you doing all of this is like how you said you bring life back to it you sort of really are because it's for a lot of these resorts, it's their final days before they're getting demolished. And I'm sure you photographed a lot of um, hotels and sections that have been demolished or aren't there anymore. So you really are sort of giving it this like one last like life, you know, at these abandoned places that people forget about or don't visit or don't even know about. Um, and yeah. I think it's an incredible job and you really are educating a lot of people and getting more people interested into this and the concept of, you're really documenting it in such an amazing way. And people are going to look back at your photos and it is going to be this like era of the cat skills. Like in the future, the, the abandonment of these resorts aren't going to be there anymore. So that's going to be an era of the past in its own way. And what you're doing now is going to like sort of reflect that in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, like I said, like they're trying to, not trying to, they're going to, because this is going to happen create a museum that commemorates this era um, of all the resorts that existed in this time period. And yeah, no, it's definitely been like a race against time, um, especially in the past few years, because before I even got to the region, there were already probably over 150 hotels that have been demolished throughout the years since the 70s. Um, but even in the short time that I've been photographing the Catskills, things that I have photographed three months ago aren't even there anymore. It's like every other month, something beautiful, whether or not it, it be decaying, to me, it's beautiful, um, just kind of gets demolished. And there is no public opposition to the building getting demolished or any sort of public knowledge of the building getting demolished because these places have been like basically forgotten about um, besides like a lot of the bigger hotels. So it really has been kind of like stressful in that aspect. And I think that's what kind of keeps me taking these photographs because yes, I do want to, you know, 
incorporate my sort of creative vision into the way that I want to make these photographs. But it's also like I'm documenting history. I think it's it's important to document the fact that these spaces existed and especially the way that they look nowadays. That's super cool because at one point they're just not going to exist anymore at all. So yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's just it's a journey. It's a journey, definitely, you know? And I know we've discussed before how, um, like, I live in Los Angeles and it's the same thing where, like, it feels like every week now a place is about to be demolished. I mean, the dark room is at risk of demolition. We don't know what's going to happen. But what you're doing, I respect it a lot because I don't know how many people are doing what you're doing there. Um, and the way you do it, you're really passionate about it. And I think it's incredible you're working with so many people. Um, even the fact that you know that there's a museum that's going to be built means you're working with people or know people who are working on a museum to sort of preserve what's left in a different way. Uh, and I respect that. And I'm really glad you do that. And it's very much appreciated. I've never been there and I've never seen it, um, but I can appreciate it through your work. Okay, Isaac, I got a question for you. Yep. What's your favorite hotel in the Catskills? So my favorite hotel is one that I never got to actually see uh, when it existed. Um, it was demolished when I was eight years old. I've only seen historical photos of it or photos online from the brief period when it was abandoned. But it was this hotel called the Concord in Kamisha Lake, New York. And it really wasn't all that fabulous on the outside. It was ginormous. It was probably the largest hotel in size in the Catskills. Each of the buildings had like I think like 12 or 13 stories. So it was like, a, you know, for the region, a really large resort. But the inside had all of these themed lounges and, uh, you know, bars and social spaces. There was the Night Owl Lounge. There was the Gypsy Room. Um, these ridiculously named and super duper like opulent, but also flamboyant looking spaces. Um, and then, you know, the kind of piece de resistance of the hotel was its nightclub, which was called the Imperial Room, uh, and it seated 3,000 people, so it was the largest nightclub of its kind in America at that time, biggest capacity uh, venue, like, for that type. I don't know, when you see photos of this, specifically the inside, Morris Lapidus, who did a lot of the hotels in Miami, he did the Fountain Blue Hotel, that was, like, his most notoriable um, structure that he made he also designed the interiors for this hotel and it really shows because it has this sort of you know just it doesn't have a sort of like new york feel to it it feels like you're in miami mixed with la mixed with you know parts of europe that are that were definitely like seen from like an american sort of point of view so everything was kind of like kitschy and definitely different than one what would see and in the actual place but the fact that they would kind of use these materials to emulate you know, different areas in the world and, you know, use these colors to kind of create a mood for a room and just all of this stuff. It was so cool to me. And beyond this, this hotel is where I'd say the most uh, like luxurious and, you know, exciting atmosphere in the Catskills was because this is where you had summer season of performers where it was the top of the top A-list celebrities. You had comedians like Sammy Davis Jr. and um, Jerry Lewis coming in to do shows, singers like Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand and slightly smaller stars, but they were still huge at the time, 
um, like Leslie Uggams and the Barry sisters who were really popular in the Catskills. So it just had all of the amazing entertainment and all the things that made a Catskill resort great in one times 10 with the amount of people. And yeah, I don't know. I think it, it, the name too, the Concord, it's just, it has a sort of ring to it where you see the photos and you're just enthralled by it. And I think, yeah, that's my really long-winded answer as to why it is indeed my favorite hotel in the Catskills. If I could travel back to one resort, it would be the Concord. When did 100%. the get demolished? When did it get demolished? Yeah. Um, 2008. Got so it. yeah, it was... You probably already said that, right? You know, here or there. <laughs> but it uh, it closed in, what, 2000? Just when the new millennium hit. And then uh, was abandoned for a few years. They were trying to turn it into a casino at one point. Um, but ultimately, it ended up getting demolished because the buildings were kind of falling in on themselves. And Is there nothing, like, on the site now? Is it just empty? It's an empty field and uh, the indoor pool, which is now an outdoor pool because everything around it has been demolished, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. still there except time has taken its toll and there is a full grown tree growing on the side of where the indoor pool was. So it's- That's so trippy. I know, it's, it's crazy. But it, no, it really does, it plays with your mind when you're there because if you don't know what it is, then you wouldn't have any inkling as to the fact that it was the number one resort in the Catskills at one point. But I, I think that's what makes it magical too. It's like you get to see these little bits and pieces of history. And even if the whole thing may not be there, you can still imagine what once was there. And, you know, imagine, you know, what could be there and what would be there if it still existed. And it's great. It's like going on a scavenger hunt, looking for all of these places from the past. It's lovely. Okay, guys, this is a bit off topic, but it sort of relates back to it. Um, Isaac and I are actually recording this episode over Zoom. So if some of the audio is a little bit wacky, that's why. But I say this because we both have like, our backgrounds are based off like things we like. So his is one of the resorts in the Catskills. What's your background right now, Isaac? My background is the show center, aka the Stardust Room at the Neville Hotel. Beautiful. Um, And mine is the LAX theme building, but that's off topic. But um, I say that because it's like an old postcard photo and he, he has actually sent me a bunch of amazing old postcards from the Catskills and they're wonderful. Um, and he knows I'm like obsessed with the New York World's Fair and you sent me a postcard of that as well. Uh, and I have it all displayed. Um, but speaking of like these old photos and post- postcards, I want to tap more into like your collection of archival photographs and memorabilia. You have a lot of tangible objects as well as a lot of digital files in your collection. When did you like start collecting all of this stuff? And also, I think it's incredible how you like actually scan these postcards and pamphlets and stuff to turn them into a digital file as well. So you have both versions. And that came in super handy when we worked on this amazing product line that we're going to talk about soon. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Please tell me more about your little, well, big collection of cat skills things well when one looks up the cat skills you know on google you will find hundreds of images of old postcards with so much color and vibrance and you know the fact that they were considered modern but to us looks so i don't want to use the word quaint but like quaint and kitschy nowadays it really really did intrigue me 
Um, but also the fact that when I, you know, got one of these postcards in reality for the first time, my eyes were glued to it. You look close at it and you can see all the details and the way it was printed is super interesting. Um, but beyond this, when, and still, when I go into these hotels, a lot of times, you know, because they weren't designated as historical landmarks or really seen as historically significant until way, way too late in the process, a lot of them, you will find the original sort of artifacts that they would have used in the 1950s at these hotels. Like I was in a theater a few months ago when I found the original bandstands that the band would play on all, I think, eight or nine of them in a back room or an old podium that, um, you know, they would use to present the guests on, you know, that would come on the like resort stage at night. Um, and then throughout this, like promotional records that they would record for the hotels, light fixtures, wall sconces, pieces of chandeliers, so many signs, exit signs, lobby signs, um, which were all hand painted by the way, which is just amazing. That's what I love. But ultimately, these pieces of my collection, of course, there are you know little bits and pieces I want to keep here and there, but I collect them mainly for the effort that people are making to create a museum inspired by and that pays homage to this time period um, because it really, it really does need to be documented. There is so much, I think I keep using the word like color and vibrance, but there is so much life to all of these objects still, even if they are physical pieces of the buildings themselves, the details that they would put into these resorts were just tremendous and like nothing you get nowadays. And I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this to look up old Catskill Resort lobbies on Google or old Catskill Resort postcards because you will see how one can kind of get hooked on it and just keep, you know, getting their hands on everything that they can find because they're so scarce now too nowadays. Like these aren't things that are readily available and you want them to be in the right hands before they get destroyed because that's another thing that ends up happening. Um, there's so many of these places where when they were demolished, things were just thrown out that were worth thousands of dollars, but culturally worth priceless amounts of money. Um, you know, there were light fixtures that were imported from Italy and France and, you know, especially made for these hotels and designed, you know, specifically with the theme that this one family wanted to go for when these hotels were owned and operated, because this isn't like a sort of Marriott hotel situation where you have like 50 hotels that are owned by the same company and then it's whatever. Every single resort was owned by a family or almost every resort was owned by a single family and they would have their own vision for what they would want it to look like and it would be individual each time. So there's such a variety. We talk about how like the architecture is all beautiful and it wasn't only the architecture that's so great. I mean, the logos and typography and like the concepts of the names and stuff is really fun. Um, we we went through like your collection of stuff and you sent me all these reference images. And it's really fun to see like how each resort had its own unique take and um, overall theming and stylization. And we worked on this like fun concept and we're going through every single logo, which one we like the most, the colors of them. And that alone, you can like go into this whole like rabbit hole, you know, of different names and stylizations and things. Um, 
But we want to say that we've been working on a super fun collection as well, um, inspired by the Catskills Resorts. And it's really awesome. So Isaac and I have had a bunch of meetings too, where we're trying to figure out exactly what we want to do. And there's a bunch of stuff we're releasing. One of the items in particular is pretty awesome. I think a lot of people would love it. Um, we actually went through all of the logos. Isaac clearly knows way more about all these resorts than I do. Um, and he did an incredible job going through all these archival photos, organizing everything for me. So thank you so much, Isaac. Um, no problem. And we, I also would pick things based on what I like in terms of uh, like design aspects and things. Uh, and we created this one t-shirt, which has a bunch of the logos um, all on this t-shirt together. And it it's, I love it because it reminds me so much of like when you would travel like in like the 1950s and 60s. And if you get like postcards or even like um, memorabilia, like if you go to like Las Vegas or Los Angeles, anywhere, um, they would have all these like iconic resorts or places like sort of scattered all in like a fun way on like different items. Well, like how Isaac collects a lot of like memorabilia from the, from like all these resorts. I do the same with a bunch of stuff like Los Angeles, Las Vegas, um, mid-century Disney stuff. And there's this one tray as well as this one napkin that I have. Um, I don't have the tray, but I bought this one like old napkin from Vegas and it has like all the Las Vegas resorts on them, like all the fun uh, logos all scattered on the napkin. And I sent you a photo of it. And I was like, this would be really cool if we did something like this for the Catskills logos. And you're like, wait, that's awesome. Um, and then there was also this one uh, record, right? And the cover oh. had a bunch of uh, like different Catskills resorts on them. So we really liked that concept. Um, and that was a very popular design element on products back then. So we wanted to create an item that sort of incorporated that aesthetic. And yeah, well, Isaac, you can take it away from here. Well, first of all, Bartez, yeah. I can't undermine your amazing talent in bringing oh. this situation together because... Too kind. Yes, I, you know, forged and gathered all of the logos, but you really brought it together by, like, adding your literal like design brain into it and piecing everything together and you know really like adding or putting your take uh you know on this fabulous era and translating it into a shirt so thank you what i really like about this shirt specifically too is you know this wasn't really like a concept that would have happened back in the 70s or the 80s because each resort was kind of like, you know, its own sort of situation. So they would sell shirts or give away shirts that had just their logos on it. But there was never something that kind of overarched the area. And you don't see a lot of, you know, themed vintage clothing that has, you know, all of the resorts on it or, you know, the Catskills and what that's all about kind of just like in one. So I feel like this is really cool because it'll give people an opportunity to kind of see aesthetically what this was all about and give people like a taste of all of the different fabulous things that you could see and you know stay at if you were living this era and it's it's just a great way to look back on the past and so fun to celebrate all these logos nowadays too because they are so they're great they're just great you know and it was cool too because designing it I had done some rough um, layouts and then I sent you a photo and we had like a meeting and we were trying to figure out 
the final um, details of it together. And that was really fun. Um, it's not only this shirt, we have a few other items as well. A um, couple other shirts, a really fun hat. Um, you guys will see it all. And it should be launched by the time this podcast episode is out. You could find it at merchmotel.com. Um, a fun collaboration with Isaac Jeffries. But you guys should definitely check it out. Um, Isaac, I want to say thank you so, so, so much for um, working with me on this whole project. Thank you for coming on my podcast, educating me, educating so many people about your passions. Um, you guys can find him on Instagram as Isaac Jeffries. Isaac, is there anything else or anywhere else people can find you? Anything you would like to say? Well, mainly... I post my photos on my Instagram because I feel like that's just a great way of sharing it with such a wide audience. But I also have a website, IsaacJeffries.com, and you can see some more of my photos through there. Um, and there are, yeah, I don't know, there's like big things in the works, I guess. Just look out for, well, first of all, now you all know that the cat skills existed. Yeah. So definitely look into that. But there will be, you know, cool stuff coming up in the future. Uh, with my photos, with the history of this, you know, resort area, um, and, and so much more. It's just, it's great to talk about the Catskills and to, and to be able to celebrate that. I think it's just like, it's lovely. And it's doing an era justice where justice needs to be served in a way because it's been forgotten about for too long. And it's finally time to really recognize the impact that this has had on the world because if the cat skills didn't exist, the entire sort of at least entertainment wise, the framework of the way that things have evolved in this country would be probably drastically changed. And people just, yeah, they, they need to know about the cat skills. It's important. And thank you for um, being so passionate about it and for doing what you do, because it really is incredible. And again, your photographs are beautiful, one of a kind, perfect. <laughs> um, and thank you, everybody, for joining us for a night in the Catskills. Um, see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.